All right. Damn, I hope this is working. Let me just work on my levels a little bit. Let me pretend like I'm actually know what I'm doing. Yikes. All right. Hey, jaded, jaded, like you anticipated. Hey, haters gonna hate it. And yeah, it's X-rated. Love my words, getting faded. Jaded. Mano. Vamos ficar jadeada. Ah, vamos lá. Ooey. We made it, y'all. I've been in New Orleans for two days and I already have a southern draw. Look at me. No, ma'am. You know, I don't like it when people call me ma'am. Usually I get very upset. Like, are you talking to me? You must be talking to somebody else who's older and more ma'am-like behind me. But here in New Orleans, it's like, yes, ma'am. I like it. Makes me feel good. I'm here doing a weekend at Comedy House NOLA. It's their grand opening weekend. It's so fucking exciting to be the first comic here. I get like really in my head still about not selling enough tickets or like, you know, all that bullshit. And it's so difficult because you have to constantly just, all it is with stand-up is just you constantly having to have this like weird delusional confidence that you're not a piece of shit and you're not a loser and you just got to keep going. And the people who like you will flood to you and the people who don't, like they can go fuck off, you know? But it's a, it's a mental game. It really is. But I'm having so much fun. I just got off stage for my seven o'clock show and it was very rowdy. And I've talked about this before, but you know, your brain kind of splits on stage and half of yourself is present, half of yourself is trying to like kind of problem solve. And these guys were just being so rowdy. And this big dude, he was like, I was like, you better be quiet. I'll slap you right in the face. He was like, do it. And I was like, all right. And then I, I had him come up on stage and I backhanded him and <laughs> he barely moved. He barely even like, moved at all like he just didn't even twitch twitch is that the word jesus very tired i've been partying i uh <laughs> i had two great shows last night and we went out after and saw a brass band and i just love new orleans the people are so friendly here like you just don't feel like every time you meet someone it's like hey how you doing what are you about it's not like this la feeling of like what do you want from me who are you what do you want from me it's just cool and people just want to hang out and it's so nice to be out and about. We went to see some gators. I'm gonna put some of the some of the content from there on here as well. We had this great, great captain named Sonny. S-O-N-N-Y, Sonny. He grew up in them swamp areas. He grew up there since he was 13. And it was such a great tour because it was so personalized. You know, he'd be like explaining this rice plant and how when you touch it, you know, from one direction, it's really smooth. But then if you go the other direction, it's sandpaper. It's like a cat dick. And and he was like, you know, me and my friends used to like sneak one and rub it on each other's necks as a prank. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And then I felt one and I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Men are like so much more fratty to each other as kids. I would never as like a young girl be like, oh, my God, like this hurts. <laughs> but it was cool. We saw like six or seven gators, fucking alligators. On the way there, we had the most adorable bus driver I can't remember her name now I want to say what was her name oh my god it was like smiley or something you know like a nickname that she uses so everybody could remember her but she was just like all right I'm gonna find you after this all right the, is the way that the captain will call you for your tours all right all right once you get that colored wristband you are to go out the left side and sit under the pavilion There'll be a large pavilion for you to sit under where the captain will come to call you by the color of that wristband to begin your tours, all right? And that was just very memorable to me. I loved it. 
We rode 45 minutes out, got one of those, got myself a cheese biscuit with a sausage patty inside. Not mad at it at all. Delicious. I'm so OCD. Like, I feel like if I'm going to go do something, like, I love an adventure, you know, but if I don't have, like, the right things packed, the day's ruined. I'm, like, such a Ross. I'm Ross and Monica combined. I just watched the Friends reunion, so I'm all about Friends again. But I, I am. I'm like, just like, ah, oh, we don't have the right ponchos. Anyway, we got there and <clears throat> did this little VIP tour, and it was me and um, Cam and then Sonny and then just a, a grandpa and his kid, and they were really cute too. And he's just telling us about every little thing. There's these things called apple snails, and they had them in Echo Park for a while, and they were, they're just like destroyers of ecosystems. Like they're, they're like really tiny at first, and then they grow to be like the size of an apple. I'll put a picture up so you guys can see it. And they're just like fucking awful. They kill everything. They eat everything. They just, it's like he was telling us wild hogs are like that here. And there's like these bounty hunt fairs and festivals where people just go and kill them, you know, to get like seven, seven bucks per rat or something, seven bucks per hog. He told us about a rat that gets like 35 feet long. And I was like, no, thank you. What is worse than a tiny rat? A large rat, a large rat. But it was beautiful. He showed me a banana tree leaf that is waterproof, which is insane. It's like the most beautiful palm tree looking like leaf. And then you pull it and you, you dip it in the water and you pull it out. It's fucking dry. Big leaf plants you see right here. These are the big elephant ear plants. They're part of the taro family. So you can use the root system on there to cook and eat. Also, people have found out use the leaf. Boil it, cook it, cook it down kind of like spinach and make it like a lettuce wrap. Oh, look, the trumpet vine. That's the first one I've seen. Oh, it's beautiful. Here. Might see some more of those if we go through here, too. Plant. So in the spring, early spring, I call this snake alley because you can come through here and see about 50 different snakes. <gasps> Yikes. It's like waterproof material leaf. Incredible. Which is so cool. But one of the craziest things that he was saying that I thought was kind of, that kind of hit a chord, hit a nerve with me, was like a lot of the plants in the bayou and the swamp you know, they're, they're like waterproof, whatever. If you pull them, if you pull them or cut them, they die within like hours. So it's just, I don't know why that, that tickled my, my pickle. I was like, you shouldn't pull them. Cause see, they just automatically like explode. They kill themselves if they've been pulled, but it was such a beautiful day. And I had never seen an alligator so close. And I, it's so weird. Cause now thinking back on it, it makes me scared. I'm like, Oh my God. Cause he was saying that they can jump the width of, or the length of their body. So these were like six feet long alligators. And I didn't even think about it then, but I'm like, oh, I could have been, a, I should have been a little more cautious. Damn, get my face eaten off by an alligator. That's not a cute look. But he was feeding them these pallets. They used to feed them marshmallows and everyone was making fun of me because I was like, you shouldn't feed marshmallows. Oh, they're like, oh, is it going to destroy the alligator's stomach? And I'm like, no, it just seems like so, I guess it doesn't fucking matter what you feed them, but you shouldn't feed wild animals like processed sugar, right? Am I crazy? Am I alone here? But we were feeding them these pallets that are like made of dry bones and stuff. It just looked like a black marshmallow. It was just so cute eating, watching them eat. They're dumb little sharp, scary fucking 35 teeth. And he was telling us that when an alligator is born, they have one extra tooth that's like right on the center of their little beak thing. I don't know if it's a beak. <laughs> that can't be right. But of their like mouth, like where their nose is on the very tip they have a they have a tooth there they they are born with a tooth there so they can crack through a little fucking their egg shell and then the tooth falls right off 
incredible dinosaurs. And they have these little like triangles in their back, these little scales, and they're like super hard. And you can go like, and I had no, I know, I had no idea that an alligator can stay underwater for like several hours. And when it's cold, their heart rate slows down to the point where they can just kind of hibernate for days at a time and never even have to come up. Is this just becoming a weird travel show? That should be cool. I should do it every time I go and do the road. I've been feeling anxious as fuck. Anybody else reopening this? The world reopening is like, I don't think we're ready. I don't think that anybody really understands the post-trauma that we have from everything that happened. Like, I don't think people get it. I mean, we were just all kept up. I've been kind of comparing it on stage as like, you know, when you like take off a cast, I've been saying we're just like the weird limb, fresh limb underneath. And it's so true. I don't, I don't even know how to make eye contact anymore. You guys, I'm not kidding. Like even when I'm on stage, I'm like, I don't know where to look. I don't know where to look. Um, I want to take a little minute too to like, thank you guys for listening. I, it's been all over the fucking place. I'm still learning as I go. I'm not going to lie. We just did the Steve Lee episode, two-parter. And I, I'm really, really psyched about all the feedback that I got. So thank you guys. And the people who didn't like it, hey, man. Hopefully you, you stick on in another episode and you'll like the next guest. But I thought I needed to do a solo one just to kind of reconnect. And we, you know, we've been doing them at the Comedy Store, which is so fun. But they've actually decided not to do podcasts there anymore. So we are going out on our own, you guys. I feel like that character, like, Oh my God, what's his name? The Tom Cruise character in that movie. He was like, who's coming with me? Wait, am I fucking that up? Was it Tom Cruise? Help you, help me. Yes, oh my God, I'm such an old lady. But yeah, we are venturing away and kind of figuring out what we want to do next with this podcast. But, you know, I'm not going to be all jaded and be like, wait, I'm happy that I got to start it there. And I'm so sorry if you guys love it there. I do too, but, you know, the comedy store will remain forever. It'll be there after cockroaches. It's That place is never going away. But um, I also talk about the comedy story and tell stories and stuff. But we're going to be doing this podcast on my own. And it would be cool if I did it on the road, right? But let me know. Like, I really need kind of, I need your help. I don't I don't really know where to take it next. I'm not going to lie. I've been kind of anxious about it. I'm like, what do I do? Do they need video? Do they need more content? But it would be cool if I just took it out on the road. And then I did all the different comics who perform with me. I could interview them and then eat all this crazy food. And oh my God, the food here is doing it for me. We went to the Chloe Hotel the first night and I had a hash brown, like hash brown ball filled with lamb. And it's rare that food makes me horny, but I was like, "Mm, we also had baked clams. And you guys know, I haven't been watching or eating seafood since I watched Seaspiracy and it fucked my head up for the rest of my life. And I'm so against like commercial fishing now that I'm like, I never eat fish anymore. And I did not understand how much I missed seafood until I got to New Orleans. I'm like, oh my God, everything is so good. We went to Koshan Butchery, which is my favorite. It's so fucking good. They use every part of the meat there and just incredible. We went to Turkey and the Wolf, which is just this incredible restaurant. And it's such a funny story because my very first boyfriend ever, Will Hereford, he's just the cutest. He's a photographer now. We, he was my very first boyfriend, like middle school boyfriend, you know, and and his little brother is, uh, his name's Mason. He's the one who opened the the restaurant, and it's doing super well and just unique, fucking great sandwiches. I had a collard green sandwich. I never had anything like that before. And they do these margaritas. They're like super frozen. I can't even explain it. Just ugh, delicious. 
And it's so cool seeing somebody that you were like kids with, you know, I think he dated my sister for a little bit too, but like kids with, and we ended up staying in this renovated, uh, fucking synagogue, Airbnb, really cool. Like they like took this, this synagogue and made it into an Airbnb. And it's like two doors down from this restaurant that my friend that Mason owns. So it's like, Whoa, so crazy. And I was just walking to my show today, like la la la. And I ran into him on the street and that fucking nuts. Like how you just run into these people who are like, so from so far ago in your life, like I honestly think there's something there, you know, there's like this energetic force of like when you started together, you kind of always have this path that's connected. Like his brother, will, I hadn't seen him in years and I was living in New York and it was like just a rainy day in Brooklyn and I was upset about something. I called my dad. He's like, you know what? Go see an art show. Get out there and just walk and go see if there's anything going on. And I found this art show going on that was at this, this big building of these big lofts where like if you live there, you have to do these exhibitions every once in a while. And I got the program in and it said his name, you know, his full name. And I was like, oh my God, no way no way and I like walked in and he was like Jade get up right out I was like well so nuts and I also just pulled all these eight millimeter tapes that I was telling you guys about and I can't wait to put up some of the footage of me and Will doing show choir he's gonna die just when we were so awkward I was always so scared he would find out I had a bush he's the guy that I was like oh no what if I have a bush so dumb man if I knew then what I know now would I go into comedy? Probably. <laughs> Probably not, man. I don't even know how long I've been talking. But I feel like lately it's just been so intense with everything opening. It's nice to just kind of barf out some material, just like me and the mic. I'm just in the green room right now of the comedy store, Nola, and it is beautiful. They gave me flowers, you know, and in this business, it's so rare that you feel validated because, you know, there's always these peaks you're trying to get to that kind of drive you, you know, but kind of drive you nuts too. But, you know, they sent me, they gave me flowers and they got me food and I just thought it was just such a lovely touch. It's the club's owned by two women, which is fucking awesome. And, you know, I, I do feel like more of a camaraderie of women coming together and I like it. You know, there are still those fucking comics out there who are like, I just care about myself and like, cool, good for you, dude. You'll probably make it do it. I just don't want to live my life like that anymore. I want to like, I don't know. I want to, I want to support my community and I want to feel that love back. And I think we have the ability to do it. We're not all fucking psychopaths. Like you can still do well without fucking stepping on people and making people feel like shit. Never been my game at all. Why would I do comedy that makes people feel bad? I remember when I was like very new to comedy or didn't even know I wanted to do stand up yet. And I would go to these comedy shows and feel so angry about all the jokes being about women. I was like, so funny, right? Just a frustrated comic watching comedy. Like, I want to do this, but I can't even admit it to myself. But I don't want to leave New Orleans. I just want to live here. I just want to get a nice little house in the garden district and the architecture here. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. Just tall windows. The synagogue we're staying in is the coolest Airbnb I've ever gotten. If you come here, let me know and I'll shout it out to you. It is just the coolest fucking Airbnb and the ceilings are like 20 feet high and there's all this weird kitschy art everywhere and a little, a little, a lot of Jesus art, which does make me a little like, Ugh. like we had really weird, crazy sex. And then we looked up and there was like just a Jesus picture. We're like, oh, Jesus, we didn't see that. 
Didn't see you there. <laughs> Whoops. In- I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> On my way here, I had this incredible Uber driver. That's another thing. Like the Uber drivers are so lovely here. Like everybody I meet, I'm like, oh my God, we could be friends. This Uber driver, I forget how we get into the conversation of anxiety, but she was like, you can't worry about it. You can't worry about it. She's like, my mom used to always say, you know, let live and let live. And there's so many things you can't control. And if you can't control, let it go. If you can't control, let it go. Isn't that beautiful? But like how? You know what I mean? How do we let it go? I get these like repetitive thoughts and I cannot make them stop. I cannot make them stop. And, you know, maybe it's because... I'm not meditating or doing whatever the bullshit thing is, but I don't know. I just, I I feel like fucking crazy. Is anybody else like this? Like, how do people just live? How do people not even think about things and just let things go? I like, can't wait to get there. I don't know. I I, I feel like I overthink everything. And if I was like so fucking sure of myself, I'd be much further along in life in many areas, not just my career. I kind of lost my voice. I've been doing all the musical theater stuff on stage and, it feels so good. It feels so good. You, I can hear the rowdy audience still outside. Um, but I also did a Reiki session. That's ex- exciting. I don't know if any of you guys are into this bullshit. I'm just kidding. I love it. I li- I really liked it. It's, you know, I thought, hey, if anything else, I'll go and just get a nice little meditation in. And I was a bit skeptical. I mean, I, I've, I've had friends do Reiki. That was really effective, actually. But I was still, like, a little bit jaded. Ah. Uh, there it is. I was a little bit jaded, not going to lie. And um, and so I went to this lady's house. She's Australian, very cute. And I could feel myself already kind of, oh God, this is very open and honest. But I could feel myself being like, oh, I'm jealous of her house. Her house is so great. And then I went into a spiral of like, you'll never own a house. The houses are too expensive in LA. There's a bubble. Will it ever crash? Like I just went fucking nuts. And she was like, Jade, I can feel your thoughts racing. Like, let's just relax. You know, well, she had an Australian. Let's just relax. But that was not good. Neva, Neva. I have to say never to find it. Jade, relax. Oh, my God. I cannot find an Australian accent. Sorry, guys. Just imagine me speaking an Australian accent. But she was like, dude, you got to relax. You got to just like relax. And it's so much easier said than done. But, you know, I started breathing great music. And she put these two crystals in my hand. And they were like burning my hand. They were so hot. And, you know, I started breathing and I, I could still feel my thoughts racing. I could not calm my thoughts down. And as I relaxed, she said, you have no one to be. And I just started bawling. <laughs> I just started bawling. I was like, no one to be. I just kept picturing no one to be, no one to be, no one to be, you know, because I do feel a lot of pressure to be all these things, to be all these different things. And not being any of them felt like such a release. It was weird that I had to hear a stranger say it to me in an Australian accent while I'm like in her home under this towel holding two crystals, you know? But I just had this like weird vision where I was in this mansion and these aliens were coming out. Stick with me. I know this is bizarre. I swear this isn't me just talking about my dream in a podcast that would kill me. But so I see this mansion and this alien comes out and I, I mean, he wasn't like moving his mouth, but I, he, we were kind of like communicating tele, telepathically. And he was like, it's you or me. And I shot it. I had this like gun fucking, I could feel the gun. Everything was very visceral. I could feel the, the kickback of the gun and, and I'm just covered in blood. 
alien fucking blood. It was red. It was just splashed all over me. And I'm having these visions and I'm just like walking through this mansion, like <sighs> breathing really heavily. Like, and every time she would kind of touch another body part, like another kind of alien would come out. And I just realized like, God, I was keeping, I'm keeping, I keep a lot of stress on my body. I keep it tight, you know? And I put a lot of it on my chest cause I, I think I, I had trauma there from heart surgery, but yeah. And then that whole day I was just like crying. I mean, there was a whole like eclipse and retrograde and all that stuff, but I just felt so heavy. Like, I just feel like it's so pathetic. Like we are such evolved human beings with these incredible minds. Like, how are we so stuck on these old traumas? Like, how do I still feel like a weird little immigrant loser? How do I, how, how have I not like, like a billboard wasn't enough, Jade? What do you need? What do you need? And, you know, people are always saying, oh, you know, if you're not fulfilled, if your heart's not fulfilled or your soul's not fulfilled, you're going to always be unhappy no matter what you reach, no matter what goal you get to. You're still going to feel fucking stuck, you know? But I don't even know where to find it. If anybody's got it, will you let me know? This Uber driver was just so calm and cool. She's like, dude, I don't give a fuck, you know? I want to be like that. I do. Maybe one day, but for now, this is how I am. Just a fucking mess. Just a worry wart. A worry wart. Who came up with that? They were like, ooh, warts are real worried. <laughs> I'm one of those. <laughs> I think I've been like this ever since I was a kid. Like, I remember getting in trouble in school because, like, I remember my sister's teacher called my mom and was like, um, hi, Miss Catabretta. Um, so Jade has been like carrying Bianca's backpack around and asking about like homework assignments and like, Take, like writing down her homework and all this stuff like I was already like a weird little boss mom and even on the tapes when you see me doing dance routines I'm like not even in the moment enjoying it I'm just yelling at everybody who's getting the steps wrong what the fuck is that how did I become this little bossy worry bitch I think it's because my sister was really in the moment and I was like it's up to me if I don't make it happen somebody you know like as if I don't know as if like I, we didn't have parents or something it's like I just was always like this Oh, my stomach just made some noise. I got to get some mac and cheese inside of me. Well, my hand still hurts from fucking back, backhanding that dude on stage. And I hit him and he's like, no, I'm horny. I'm like, okay, please take a seat, sir. I have a hard time with rowdy crowds because like I've been saying, I can't just enjoy anything and just be in the moment. But yeah, yeah, real rowdy. We'll see what the second show is like. And I think every comic feels this way. It's like so exciting to get to perform and to do a weekend. And once you get past all your bullshit ego about like not selling enough tickets or being, you know, the comic who sells out, it's like there's just this dread that I feel before I go on stage, this intense anxiety, dread, fear. And then the second that I get on stage, it goes away. And the Uber driver check today was like, that's what you got to do. When you feel stressed out, you gotta just imagine yourself on stage. Just relieve yourself, you know, just like use that moment to like just be free. And then I like felt like crying and I was like, I can't cry in this Uber, right? That would be crazy. But I do think that you run into people and you connect with people for a reason. So maybe I should really listen to her. Maybe I should really listen to her. I don't know how long I've been going, but I feel like <clears throat> I got, I got kind of depressing towards the end, you guys. And you know what? I have some new Patreons and 
I have three tiers right now on my Patreon and I, you know, have not been doing all the shit I need to be doing. And I'm just so glad that you guys continue to support me, even though I've been kind of slop fest with this, but I will get there where I'm making content. I just shot a bunch of stuff that I'm going to be releasing, but I actually wanted to take a second and think, um, some of my Patreons and shout them out. But now my Patreon is fucking barely loading. Come on, bitch. Let's see if it opens. After I did Stevie show, I got a few more Patreons and I'm just like, I'm so psyched you guys are coming on. Dude, give it up for Jeff, Sideline, G. Thank you guys for always uh, always sending me some love. Let me shout them all out. I'm going to shout them all out. Here we go. These are my, these are my, my few Patreons. Here we go. Jeff, Sideline Star, Sam, give it up for you. G Collins. I love your little picture. It's so cute. Zach Childs, fucking we met in Rochester. Shout out to you, dude. I fucking love you. Dub, I don't know you, but you seem cool. Dub is a cool name. Joe, thank you for always sending me love. Ace Poet 001. Ooh, he's a poet. And uh, Matt Softshack. I think I'm saying your name right. Oh, and Joe, your last name is Sigali. I'm sorry I didn't say it. But yeah, thank you guys. You're my my little fucking crew right now. And you know what? When people finally catch on and they get it, they're going to be like, I wish I laughed harder at that bitch when she was when she was just selling a few tickets on the road. I wish I laughed harder at that. But yeah, thank you guys so much. I don't know where we're going to be. The audio is going to be on all the platforms still, on Authentic, on Apple, on Spotify, on Thriller, all that shit. And um, we're going to start doing video again very soon, but I will let you know where that goes. And uh, I just want to keep this train alive. I really like, I feel like I'm connecting to people. People have been reaching out and I feel like, I don't know. I hope I make your day better because um, you guys make my day better for sure. I need you. I need you. Damn, my voice is gone. Um, I love you guys so much. Go on, subscribe, tell your friends, do all that cool, fun stuff, and have a great fucking night. You've been jaded. Hey, jaded, jaded like you anticipated. Hey, haters gonna hate it. And yeah, it's X-rated. Love my words, get you faded. Jaded. Mano, vamos ficar jadeada. Ah, vamos lá. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Mm -hmm.